Hallelujah. Well, I'm very, very glad you're here. Let's go ahead and get some of the beginning stuff out of the way. This is not my Bible. I don't know where my Bible is. This is Brother uh, Kenny's Bible, and uh, he uh, let me use it. And so uh, it's, it has the same words in it mine says, so that's good. And so I, I can use this Bible, that's okay. So uh, I am not a young man anymore. I'm, I'm one of the older guys. And so I'm old enough that it's happened to me many times already that I've gone to a place and I'm not sure why I'm in there. We live in hotels 90% of the time is where we live. They're not very big. And I put down something, I just had it in my hand, I put it down, and two minutes later I can't find it. I'm one of those old people that go, I just had that, where is it? And so my Bible might be in here somewhere and I just, I can't find it. It's not that big a building, it's not that many hiding places. We're pretty sure I set it out there while by my table and anyway. I'm not mad about it, it's okay. God knows about where my Bible is, but I just want you to know, this is not the first time stuff's happened to me. <laughs> it is the first time in a church service that I can't find my Bible, but that's the first time, so things like that happen. So I'm just telling you, I'm old enough to know that I, I forget stuff real easy right now, and so just all relax, okay? All right, another thing is I uh, want to say I came to Bible Baptist Church here in Pembroke. Um, Mrs. Flynn told me she thinks it was 2003. She was here. She came in 2002, and she said, uh, and so I came way back then, nearly 20 years ago, and so I'm glad that Pastor Keeley, that God put him on my heart, and I get to come back and be here with you today. It's a blessing. So I'm looking forward to why God's going to do in our hearts. Um, if, uh, if you've got a, a marker thing, a, a ribbon thing in your Bible, if you would put it in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians, if you don't know where that is, go to the end of your Bible and flip real slow, real slow toward the front. When you get to Corinthians, stop. It's, between, it's closer to Corinthians than the end of your Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, put a marker there, and then after you find Ephesians 2, go toward the end of your Bible, a few pages to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 12 is where we're going to do our work this morning. Hebrews chapter 12. <clears throat> right, Hebrews 12. One of the sad things about my message, my sermon for this hour, I don't have any notes. They're in my Bible out there somewhere. So, that's going to be good. But uh, I, I do have, I, I'm pretty sure I know where I'm going and what I'm doing on this sermon. If it was a brand new sermon, I wouldn't be able to preach it. I'd say, I'm sorry, I gotta preach an old sermon. But I have preached this sermon a few times, so I have an awareness of it. And we are going to work our way through the text, so it'll help me uh, be able to get it across. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel weird not having my Bible. Do you feel weird that I don't have my Bible? Do you guys feel like, 
Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, let's do this. Uh, I'm going to, during the message, I'm going to talk about it, but I want to say it right now. I really want to encourage you to come back to the services. Tonight at 6, pastors already decided to get you to come. Tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 7, I uh, want you to come. All my sermons, usually, they thread together, and this week is no different. I'm going to be speaking out of Hebrews 12 all every service, and we're going to dissect it. We're going to work our way through there, and there is so much good information, and then it has opportunity to challenge you and to stir you up. It's going to be good. My favorite sermon, I think, I think, I think it's Tuesday night. My brain is telling me it's Tuesday night. It might be Monday, but I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday night. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I hope that you'll make plans to be here uh, for that. And so uh, anyway, if you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Hebrews 12. I ask people to stand for this reason. I believe that we should give reverence and we should give honor to the eternal and fallible and errant, perfect, preserved Word of God. Amen. The Bible doesn't say you have to stand when you read the Bible. It doesn't say that. There was a time in the scripture that they read the entire Torah, five books, Genesis through Deuteronomy. Someone read it out loud. They stood the whole time. That'd take a few minutes. We're not going to do that, hallelujah. But uh, anyway, uh, the Bible doesn't say we have to, but I, I just want to remind all of us, we've got God's holy word, and we should reverence this and be grateful for it. Hebrews 12, verse number 1 is where we're going to start. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's as far as we're going to go this morning. In fact, this is weak. These, these are the words I've just read that we're going to work on uh, for the services this week except there'll be one other little section I'm going to do later in the chapter, uh, later on in the week. But um, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. But right now, I'd like to have prayer with you. And I do want to tell you, I usually pray after I read this passage. I do that. And I need God's help. But I don't want to just do it because I always do it. Okay? I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to help me. I need unction. I need power to preach. I want to be able to communicate. But I also want to pray that all of us open up our hearts and say, okay, God, I'm ready. Will you talk to my heart? And would you do that while I pray? Would you open up your heart and give God opportunity? Let me pray with you. Our great God, thank you. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you proved that you love us. Thank you for another Lord's Day that we're here. And Lord, the occasion that I'm here is revival services that you might stir us up, refresh us, 
revive us. God, please uh, do that for us. I do need help today. Please help me communicate. Give me unction, please, and power, utterance to preach. I pray all of us have ears that are open, willing to hear, hearts that are ready, willing to hear. I pray all of us would be not just hearers, we'd be doers of your word. Jesus, thank you that you love us. Thank you for another opportunity. Jesus, we look forward to when we get to see you. We believe it's going to be soon. So it's in your holy and mighty name we pray, Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the Bible has uh, metaphors that help define and help describe and help show, depict uh, different teachings in the Bible. For instance, we're going to talk about Christianity. The Bible has several metaphors that um, depict Christianity. Now, I know, I'm well aware that some of you haven't been in school in a little while, and you're going, oh, metaphor, I've heard of them, but I'm not sure what a metaphor is. And that's okay, but a, a metaphor is a word or a phrase that you use in place of another word to help depict or describe it. Now, some of you know the difference between a metaphor and a simile. Some of you don't. That's okay. Uh, a simile is when you use the word like or as. A metaphor, you don't say like or as. You just say this. Like, for instance, the soldiers fought like lions. Well, that'd be a simile. If it's a metaphor, you'd say the soldiers fought, the soldiers were lions in battle. Are you with me? So you're just depicting, you're saying the soldier is a lion, not like a lion. And so, but the metaphor still doesn't, he doesn't mean he walked around on all fours and he growled. It just means that it's a picture to help us see. Is everybody with me? Let me give you a metaphor that I've never, I've never experienced, but I want to. Drowning in money. <laughs> as long as it's not coins, I would like to do that. But uh, I've never done it. But uh, there are all kinds of metaphors in the Bible. There's a metaphor, like it says, uh, Jesus is the chief shepherd and we are sheep. So that's a metaphor. He's, we're really not going around bad on four legs with curly hair, okay? We're... But it's depicting us, it's showing us. Another time it says Jesus is the captain of our salvation. He's the captain. We're soldiers. One of the things that rings a bell in my ears is that soldiers do not tell captains what to do. Soldiers just obey. Amen. So, see, these are metaphors. In our text right here, Hebrews 12, there's a metaphor. It says we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. We're surrounded by these witnesses. Then it says that these witnesses are like they're in a coliseum. It's a big stadium. And then it says, let us run the race. And so the, the metaphor is, is that these witnesses are watching a race. There's an athletic event going on, and it's called a race. Is everybody with me? So we got the Olympic Games going on, and the stadium's 
Well, this year it wasn't, but it's supposed to be full of people. And so they're watching the athletic event, they're watching it go. And here it says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So there you go, that's the metaphor. Is everybody with me? So, in the text, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to work on it all week. Uh, I want to do this this morning. I want us to talk about one little area of this text this morning. He says, let us run. That reminds me, tonight is so good. You don't want to miss tonight at 6 o'clock. I want to talk about the word run tonight. It is really good. I'm telling you, it doesn't sound like it's good, but it is. You need to be here tonight at 6 this morning, what I want to work on is the word us. Who is us? Wherefore, seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us. Who is us? Well, it's, it's kind of easy if you'll, I, I guarantee you, if you'll come and hear me speak three times, you'll find out that this guy's not very smart. He's just a regular person like me. He doesn't have a big high IQ. He doesn't have a big vocabulary. I'm just a regular person, and I love it when it's simple. What, listen, listen, he says, let us. It's real easy. The first person who us is, is whoever wrote the letter. Because when you say, let us go, you mean you're going too. Let us run, he means he's running too. So he's one of the us's, Amen. Whoever the writer is, I think it's the Apostle Paul. Some people think it's Apollos or Luke or somebody else. And the Bible doesn't say who the writer is. He doesn't give identity. But it doesn't matter. It's in the Holy Bible. Somebody wrote it. He's one of the us's. Amen? There's another real easy way to find out who one of the us's is. Is at the top of your Bible, at the, at the very top, it tells who the letter was written to. Who was it written to? Hebrews, the Hebrew people. The Hebrew people are Jewish people, amen? Come on, let's all pretend like we're participating, okay? It's he, the Hebrew people are Jewish people, amen? amen? So there are these Jewish people, they got the letter, and so evidently they're one of the us's too. So that's pretty easy. So we got the writer, we got Jewish people that are the us's. And so are the us's defined any more than that? Not particularly in this verse, but they are if you back up to chapter 3. So let's turn to chapter 3. Let me show you who us is. Chapter 3 of Hebrews. I love it. If you'll just work with me, we're going to go through several passages here, or several verses to catch this truth this morning. All right. I love this. <laughs> I, love to, I love to preach and teach the Bible when I know what it says. If I don't understand it, no. But if I understand it, I love to tell people what, it, what I understand, okay? Look at verse number 1, chapter 3. Wherefore, holy brethren, let's just stop right there. That's pretty serious right there. Holy brethren. So the writer of Hebrews is talking to the people that got the letter, and he goes, okay, holy brethren, or wherefore, holy brethren. So let's just talk about holy brethren a second. Holy brethren. So think about it. Do you know anybody that you would take your finger and you would point to them and go, oh, I think they're a holy brethren. 
I think that person there is one of them holy people. Is everybody with me? I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm pretty sure you do. I think the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. Another word for righteous, there's none holy, no, not one. I think that we could look at it like this. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yeah. There's none that seeketh after God. Whoa. I, I like to say it like this. God's holy, uh, you're not. There has to be the realization, the understanding that uh, we're not holy. And yet, he just said in chapter 3, verse 1, uh, wherefore, holy brethren. And so these people that he calls holy brethren evidently are. Well, we're not born that way. Amen? No, no. Sin in the world by one man, death by sin. So death passed upon all men for all of sin. We're all sinners. Well, how did they get to be one of them holy brethren people? How did they do that? It tells you in the verse. Look at it, verse 1. Look at it. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. What's his name? Christ Jesus. But here's what it says. Hey, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Look, Please look up here, please. Somehow or another, someone was a partaker. They received the heavenly calling, and they partook of it. They received it. How do you get to become one of them holy brethren? You've got to be willing to partake. You've got to be willing to receive the heavenly calling. Well, what's the heavenly calling? Jesus said it like this. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. <laughs> Jesus said it like this. The Holy Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that heareth come. Let him that is a thirst come and take of the water of life freely. The heavenly calling is God calling to humanity, saying, Come. Come, whosoever will. Let's come alive. <laughs> I love it. That's the heavenly calling. God is giving the invitation to all of humanity. How do you know it's all? Whosoever. The famous verse we all love, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. That's the heavenly calling of God. And here in the text, he says in verse 3, chapter 3, verse 1, he says, uh, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. What does that mean? That means they realized they needed it. Because you're not going to uh, receive it unless you need it. There are all kinds of people on this planet that don't realize they need it. They think, I'm good, I'm fine, I don't, I'm fine, I'm a, I don't need that stuff, I don't even believe in that stuff. Well, you're not going to receive it, you're not going to partake of it 
until you realize you need it. And so these people, I don't know if you're hearing this or not, these people are Hebrew people. That's who he wrote the book to. He said, hey, you Hebrew people, you holy brethren, you're one of the us's. Let us run with patience this race. Amen? So we know that, this is so cool. We know who the us's are. The us is the writer of Hebrews. It's Hebrew people, but it's not every Hebrew person. It's only the Hebrew people that have been willing to partake of the heavenly calling. Well, who's the, who, who, how do you do that? What's his name? It says the apostle and high priest of our profession, his name is uh, Christ Jesus. So people that receive Christ accept the truth of who he is. Mercy, there's so much to talk about high priest profession of our salvation. I don't have time for that, but I'm just telling you that's who he is. And you receive that. You get to be one of the holy brethren. Also, you get to do it like this. You get to be one of us. Now, wait, 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 wait. Is it over? Can no one else be us, or could there be some us's going around today? Amen? So today, today, if someone recognizes God's holy, I'm not. Someone recognizes, they understand, and I, I need a forgiver. I need, like, a savior. I need some help here. And I understand God's son, Jesus, is the savior. If people would recognize that today, and they would be willing to partake, they'd be willing to receive Christ today, be their forgiver, their savior, Wow, I wonder, I think today they could become one of us too. Here it is. I believe there's some us's in this room. I believe some of you could be some of them there us's. That you have received Christ as your Savior. You're one of the us's. Oh, I know you didn't know this. I didn't, you didn't know this happened when it happened, but it did happen. There you go. I'm getting ready to tell you what it was. If you receive Christ as your Savior, if you recognize you're a sinner, and you recognize that there's no way to be forgiven other than Jesus Christ, God's Son, if you receive Him to be your forgiver, your Savior, you get to be one of us. I know you didn't know this happened. Here's what happened. At the moment, at the moment you receive Christ, you become one of us. What does that mean? That means you're in the race. No, 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 no. As soon as you got saved, you got a jersey. You got your number. You're on the team. I'm in the race, man. Amen? Amen? No, no, you didn't know that happened, but I'm telling you, the metaphor says it happened. That when you receive Christ to be your Savior, He puts you on His team. You got the jersey, you got the number. And he goes, okay, let us run. <laughs> That's a hallelujah. So I'm saying, some of you, you got your jersey. See, in our head, we didn't know that it happened. We just know, thank you, God, you forgave me. But it includes, a meta, it includes the metaphor, you get your jersey. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, now, since we know who us is, 
There's another picture of us that's here. I want to show you. It's in chapter 5, Hebrews 5. Let me show it to you. Another way to look at uh, us. And to get there, we've got to start with verse 1. And we're going to work our way down through the passage. And I want to show you a few things here, okay? Look at verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. All right, excuse me, look up here, look at the verse, look up here, let me just picture, hope you'll picture it with me. Every high priest is taken from among men, take the high priest out of there, and he's ordained by God to offer gifts and sacrifices for men to God. Everybody with me? That's the picture that he's getting in our brain. So that's the high priest. He's taken from among men and he's going to offer gifts and sacrifices to God and in our behalf for men. All right. Now look at this uh, verse 4. No man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Now look up here. Aaron is the first high priest. He's Moses' brother. When it all started, this economy of God's worship and the Jewish fashion and how he had them do it, the Hebrew fashion, he got him a high priest. His name was Aaron. Now look, look, look. Aaron did not do this. Hey, hey, I believe I should be like the priest. Come on. I ought to be like the one who's doing this. He didn't make himself high priest. He was called of God. So then he says, if you look at verse 4, he says, no man taketh this honor to himself. Even today, in this letter, no one gets to decide, hey, 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 I'm going to be the high priest. It's still a call of God. And in the Jewish economy, you had to be of the tribe of Levi. You were not of the tribe of Benjamin. You weren't of the tribe of Judah, you weren't the tribe of Simeon, you're the tribe of Levi. To be a high priest, you got to be there. Is everybody with me? I didn't make up the rules, it's in the Bible. Okay. So you don't decide on your own, though. You're still called of God. Now, watch what happens here. Verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, Today have I begotten thee. As he said also in another place, Thou art the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Look up here, look up here, please, please. Christ, even when he got to the planet, he's a human, he became every bit man. Christ didn't go, All right, it's time for everybody to recognize that I am the high priest. No, Christ glorified not himself. God is the one that said, This is my son. God is the one that made him high priest. Everybody with me? This is so cool if you'll just catch it in your brain. Every high priest is taken from among men to offer gifts and sacrifices to God in behalf of men. Jesus was taken from among men. I'm just telling you, Jesus is 100% man. That's why he became human, so he could be our high priest. He also becomes our sacrifice, 
but he offered gifts and sacrifices to God for us. Is everybody getting this? This is so good. So Jesus is the high priest. We got that. He didn't pick himself. Now, let me show you this verse. Oh, uh, in verse number six, as he saith also in another place, thou art priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is not of the tribe of Levi. How do you know that? There was no tribe of Levi in Genesis 14 before Moses was born. They didn't come till years later. Everybody with me? So the Jewish people believe, well, if Jesus is our high priest, how come he's not of the tribe of Levi? He's out of Judah. Well, he just told them, Jesus is a priest like after Melchizedek, not like after Aaron. Everybody with me? That's the whole purpose of that. There's much more in there, but anyway, now I want to show you this. Come on, this is so good. Um, where am I? Chapter 5. Um, Let's just bounce through here. Christ glorified him, not himself, verse 5. Uh, verse number 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying. Who is that? That's Christ. All right? Verse number 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by things which he suffered. That's Christ. Amen? Verse 9. Being made perfect. Who's that? Well, that's Christ. He's the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. Amen? That's Christ. Verse 10, called of God, a high priest, after the order of Melchizedek. That's Christ. Now look at verse 11. Of whom, who's whom? Christ. Of Christ, we have many things to say. Stop, stop right there. The writer of Hebrews says, hey, 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 there's so much to say about Christ. Oh, there's so much to say about him. I got many things to say. Look at the next words. Look at the next word. And hard to be uttered. Stop. Let me ask you this. Is there anything in the Bible that could be hard to understand? Is there some things in there you're going, whoa, I'm not sure what that's talking about. I don't know how all that fits together. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Now, there are some people that are evidently geniuses and brilliant that they go, oh, I understand everything. I'm not one of them people. There's stuff in the Bible that I'm going, I don't have a clue what that's really doing. I know it's in the Holy Bible. I know it's true. I just don't know how to explain everything. Everybody with me? So have you ever read the book of Ezekiel? Well, look up here, Ezekiel. Got this big wheel that's a rolling. And it's got eyes in the wheel. And the eyes are rolling and the wheels are rolling. And I'm just telling you to your face, I don't know what that's about. But then my eyes are doing it. Is everybody with me? And then there's some people, oh, I know everything about that. Well, and I've even had people teach me and tell me about it. And I'm going, okay, okay, I got it, I got it. Well, that was several years ago. Now I don't remember. Is everybody with me? Some things in the Bible are like hard. Everything is not just real easy. Peter said that about the Apostle Paul. He said some of the stuff Paul wrote is not easily understood. Wow. But anyway, I'm just telling you, some things are hard to be uttered. So the writer of Hebrews goes, hey, 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 hey. I got a lot of stuff to tell you about Jesus. But it's hard. 
to be uttered. But then he tells why it's hard to be uttered. Look what it says. It's right there. See ye are dull. Ooh. Excuse me, I don't know if you're getting that or not. Paul, he said, I got a lot of stuff I want to tell you about Jesus, but I just can't do it because you're dull. <laughs> Since we're just talking, do you think there's any dull people today? You think there's still some around that would be called, oh, they're kind of dull. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of stuff I'd like to tell you about Jesus. Sorry, I can't do it. You're dull. <laughs> the Bible doesn't say that they're dull and learning, that they're, they don't have capacity. That's how I'm playing with it right now, that you don't have the ability, you're a little slow. Actually, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they're dull of hearing. It doesn't say they're too slow, they can't get it. The Bible says they are not listening. So let's just talk about it. You girls in here, you that are married, sometimes your husband don't listen. <laughs> you do this, you go, <laughs> and then you go, hey, 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 hey. And he goes, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Or you go, did you hear me? Hear you say what? Is everybody with me? You girls know what I'm talking about. The guys just, we got problem hearing sometimes. Well, no, no, it, it goes the other way too. There are, if you've got any children that grew up in your household, you've told them stuff and those kids just don't listen. And we, my mama said it went in one ear and out the other. Is everybody with That's what it means to be dull of hearing. You're not paying attention. You're not listening. You have the ability to, you're just not. I got a lot of stuff I want to tell you about Jesus, but I cannot because you're dull of hearing. You haven't been listening. Look at your Bible. Watch what it says. This is incredible. Watch what it says here. Verse number uh, 12. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Look up here. Please look up here. He said, I got a lot of stuff I want to tell you about Jesus, a lot of stuff I want to tell you, but you haven't been listening good, you're dull of hearing. He said, by now ye ought to be teachers, watch, ye ought to be here, but we need to teach you the first principles. We got to go all the way back here and start over at the beginning. Is everybody with me? You should be up here, but you're not. In fact, he says it in the next verse, you have need of milk, not strong meat. No hamburger for you. You get milk. No, no, no. You should be eating hamburgers. But you're not. Milk. Is everybody with me? I don't know if you're getting this. Please hear me. The metaphor is it's a race. Let us run the race. in every race aren't you supposed to like make progress some of you haven't made progress you're back here when you should be up there I'm certain in the first century 
And this was written. It's not the last time that we have people that are believers. They got their jersey. They got the number. They're just not making progress. I think you're catching it. Do you know what we're going to do tonight about 6 o'clock? We're going to keep trying to make progress. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep trying to help us that we should be making progress in this race. I don't know if you're getting this or not, but it's called like a revival. That we would be revived and we would keep making progress. There are all kinds of reasons why people stop making progress. There's all kinds of things that cause us to stumble around and not make the progress. But the reality is, someday, somehow, you and I have to admit, we are not where we should be. God forgive me. You gave me the jersey, you gave me the number, I'm on your team. Just not doing what I should be doing. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get bent out of shape, we're all human. There's not one of us in here that have always been making progress. Every one of us have dips and valleys and we have setbacks. That's why we have like revivals to get people, hey, maybe you need to get your attention back where it belongs. Maybe you need to get your awareness where it belongs. You need to start making some progress in this race. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming to back tonight at 6. I'm going to be here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I know, I already know, I, I've been in church my whole life. I already know, well, I don't do the week stuff. I just, I do the morning. I'm good. You should be glad I'm here now. I am glad you're here now. But I also want you to make progress. I want you to be here tonight. And I know some of you are going, you're just trying to get us to come back. And I'm telling you, duh. Yes. That's why I'm here. I'm preaching revival. I want us to make progress. I want us to do something for Christ. Mercy. What a great God. You know, uh, if you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 2, I'm almost done. I'll show you what. An idea about this being one of us being in the race Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 8 says for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast here's the reason I'm concluding with this verse everybody gets in the race the same way Everybody gets the jersey the same way. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. Amen. If you, just because you come on Sunday morning doesn't mean you got a jersey. A lot of people go to church, they don't have a jersey. A lot of people have been baptized. They've taken the sacraments, they've done you know, discipleship, it doesn't mean that you automatically get the jersey. You get the jersey by admitting you're a sinner, he's the Savior. And you believe that he died to pay your sin debt, he died for you. 
and you receive him to be your forgiver. That's how it happens. And when you receive him, I don't know if you heard that, when you're a partaker of the heavenly calling, God wants you. He wants you to be forgiven. That's why Christ came. He died for everybody. If you'll just receive him, he'll forgive your sin and he'll in fact give you a jersey. You're one of his kids. You're on his team. If you don't know for sure that you're forgiven, you don't know for sure you have a jersey, we're not, our, our goal is not to embarrass you. Our goal is to get you on the team. That's, we want you to know you're forgiven. And so this morning, we'll be happy to help you. We won't embarrass you. You don't have to give a speech. All you have to do is admit, I don't know for sure. I'm forgiven. I don't know, but I want to know. I want to be forgiven. And today we'll help you. We have the invitation. We invite people to come and let us pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to pray with you. You can be forgiven today and you can know it. You will know something I didn't know the day I got saved. I didn't know I got a jersey. But if you get saved today, you'll go, oh, I got a jersey. I'm on God's team. Amen. Now, several of you are going to be sitting here. You go, I already know. I, I'm already, I got the jersey. I know where I was when I got my jersey. I got saved. And some of you know that, and I'm glad for you. But the truth is, some of you that know you have a jersey, you're not where you ought to be. You just need to ask him to forgive you, and he will. And just say, I want to get going in the race again. Amen. I ask you to stand with me. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. bow our heads I'd like to pray with you please our great God I come to you again just want to say thank you thank you so much for the Bible thank you for the instruction God the metaphor is so easy to see and understand for me I thank you that you let me preach it and tell others about it I pray that right now all of us would admit where we are Jesus, if there's anyone that's not for sure they're forgiven, would you just help them admit that today and that they want to settle that, they want to take care of that, they want to know they're forgiven? Jesus, there are believers here. They know they need to rededicate, recommit themselves to the race. I pray they would. Thank you, Christ. Your heads are bowed. And Becky's going to play. Do you know, I'm talking do you know, 100% do you know you're forgiven of your sins? Are you certain? You're not nervous, you're not worried, you're, you're good. Do you know you're forgiven of your sins? If that's your testimony, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but if that's your testimony, you know for sure you, you're on God's team, you, you receive Christ. If that's your testimony, would you do me a kind favor? Would you just lift your hand? Just by raising your hand, you're saying, yeah, I know that. Thank you. You can put it down. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, not at all. You that just raised your hand, have you been making progress? Are you making the progress in the race? Oh, you could, you can. 
You just have to admit, I'm sorry, God, I, I kind of backed off a little bit. I want to make progress. Just re, rededicate, recommit. If there are any this morning that would say, Brother Dave, I, I admit that I've not made progress like I should have. I admit that. And you just say, I'm, I'm raising my hand, admitting, and I'm asking you to pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you come forward. Would you lift your hand and just say, pray for me like that? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dear God, I come to you on behalf of hearts that say they haven't made progress like they ought. And they know, they, they understand that in their heart. I pray that there'd be honest rededication, recommitment to you. Thank you, Christ. Are there any this today that would say, Dave, I don't know for sure that I have a jersey. I don't know for sure I'm forgiven. Pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you. Would you let me pray for you? Would you just lift your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. Just lift your hand. I'll pray for you. Dear God, I come to you on behalf of hearts that are struggling, that they're not altogether sure. I pray that before it's eternally too late, they'll know. They'll know for sure they're forgiven. Lord, hearts that are struggling with that today, I pray that they wouldn't let today pass until they settled this issue. Right now in their heart, right now, they would just be willing to let one of us pray with them and we'll help them right now. So God, have your way with us. Our heads are bowed and Brother Kenny's going to begin an invitation. If you want to sing with him, you're welcome to. But if you need to come, would you come? You want to just spend some time rededicating, recommitting? Why don't you come and do that? If you're not sure, you don't know 100% you're forgiven, just come and let me pray with you. Let Pastor pray with you. We just want people to know. Amen. What a good God. <laughs> what a great God that he gives me and you opportunity to be on his team. Thank you, Christ. Yes. Isn't God good to you? Gives us opportunity to be on his team. That's awesome. Thank you, Christ.